0: Chapter 11 Darth Bloodshedder As the sun brightened with the glory of its rays, the passengers were forced to find shade beneath the wooden eaves of the Cloud Racer's deck. However, it wasn't long before they passed through the clouded spaces between the Rodruin peaks and the moist chills crept back over them. The airship seemed to have once been a small merchant vessel of some sort, outfitted with two masts. Those had since become supports for the ship's propellers. Near the stern was a door that opened into a short hall. That's where they'd slept, in cabins on either side of the corridor. Then, at the back of that was another door, leading out to a small rear deck. One of the oddest things about the airship was its pair of wings. They stood out on either side of the hull and were probably close to 50 feet of span. Made of a sturdy wooden framework, they were covered by a heavy hide Tied tightly about the inside of the frame. Controls that Simpha used at the helm tilted the wings up and down and back and forth. The companions sat on deck, eating a portion of the food that Monikin had been able to bring back, while Term still paced.
1: So you're telling me you didn't pay for any of this?
0: asked Term with a scolding tone. As I said, I'm not fond of paying more for less, Monikin defended himself. Term shook his head, looking down at the Apaza he'd taken a bite of. He must have looked like he'd just eaten a worm. Turim, those prices, they were outrageous, said Minekin, looking down at his own striped fruit before looking back up at him. And honestly, the treatment we received there, do we really want to fund such behavior? Turim looked him deep in the eye, shaking his head again. Forget it, he said with resign. It's
1: too late now, and you're right in the end, I suppose. The big fellow didn't deserve that, here or anywhere else.
0: Exactly Agreed Minekin as he glanced over at the half Ogre sitting by himself
1: I certainly have no better argument for it But no more theft, Master Shadowstar
0: Added Term, shaking his
1: apaza Law is law, and if my purpose is to uphold that law, then you put me in a poor position If we were in our country, I would have been forced to arrest you
0: Well then I'm glad, said Minekin That we are not With relish, he took a bite of his own apaza The half-ogre hadn't said a word. He sat propped up against the wall of the cabin, looking completely disinterested in any of them. I was more than capable of crushing some half-wit elves. He grunted at no one in particular. I didn't need or want your help. Turim looked around. The rangers looked slightly shocked by the half-ogre's ungrateful words, but he shrugged them off.
1: What is your name, friend-ogre?
0: He said as pleasantly as he could. The mighty creature rolled his weight onto one side, looking over the others. I'm not a fool ogre, he grumbled. I'm half. My dear mom was human. I'm called Darf Bloodshudder,
1: son of Gondarf Bloodshudder, feller of giants.
0: <clears throat> this last part he grunted proudly. Turum accepted the half ogre's title, tilting his head in a dignified way.
1: Then we are in the company of a hero.
0: He watched Darf's reaction. "'Listen here, knight,' said Darf. "'I don't have a lot of patience for folk who want to patronize me. "'I have to get myself back to the pits as soon as you can get me aground. "'In fact, red!' he shouted to Simpha. "'Simpha had made sure no one disturbed the half-ogre during his nap, "'calling back to them from the helm. Term spotted her checking Darf from over her shoulder a few times since then. "'She seemed to have a will to try and nurture the enormous creature. "'Thus far,' All of her attempts had been met with silence. Yes? She replied, her tone curt. Apparently it was getting to her, though. Drop me off as soon as we reach the next country. Sinfa curled her nose up in frustration. Whatever pleases you. Turm frowned. We're near
1: Pibak Din now. If you want to descend, we'll be glad to leave you where you fancy.
0: His own tone had turned a bit sour now, too.
1: I do hope, however, that you'll treat these people with greater respect until we land. Huh... <sighs> I think we're far enough off,
0: Simpha said over her shoulder to him.
1: I just wanted to put a little distance between us and that terrible city.
0: The half-ogre folded his arms and sat them on top of his knees. Then he leaned his head down into the comfortable hole one makes with folded arms on knees and snorted. For the next several minutes, nobody spoke at all. Most of the companions kept their distance and didn't make eye contact with Darth. But Minekin rose from his cross-legged position and moved closer. He stood not ten feet from him. Staring Your legs are like fat tree trunks Said Minekin Two or three times my size Term, who'd returned forward to stand next to Simpha, called out
1: Master Shadowstar
0: Did you ever fight with the dragon army? Minekin went on Term exchanged looks with Jaffreen While Striven and Tartara glanced at each other Darf's eyes rose Kithkin (laughs) I've met your kind before No He answered finally Neither with them nor against them. Meinekin nodded, seeming to be satisfied with the answer. He folded his arms across his chest. How about you, little runt? asked Darf. Minakin narrowed his eyes. What? I've never been taken in by the lies of the dragon army, he huffed incredulously. But fought against them?
1: In the fashion, maybe. Why do you ask? Why
0: do you? retorted Darf. Curiosity. I see. Well, let's just keep that curiosity to yourself for now. I'm in no mood for an interrogation. Minekin sat down cross-legged right where he was. Darf could have rolled over and crushed him. Turim knew Minekin was far too quick for that, but he was very near. As Minekin continued to look at Darf, the half-ogre squirmed, then repositioned his seat. After a few minutes, he turned and leaned against the cabin wall once again, resting his head on the wood. Simpha looked over at Turim. She looked relieved and let out a held breath. Term cracked a slight smile. Thin gray clouds and birds passed. Term felt the wind on his face. There wasn't much else to look at unless he went to the railing. He tried to keep his thoughts clear and stay at ease, but there was still a lot on his mind. What to do with the Ogre. What the Dark Elves and, by extension, the Black Division wanted with Master Shadowstar. How long did they have before the Dragon Army made their move? Simpha grunted, tapping at some tiny device near her levers. Ugh. Yeah. We're gonna have to start looking for a place to sit down again so I can fix this. Then there was that too. Tatara's small voice piped up. She flew to the front, reacting to something off in the distance, bringing everyone else to attention. Torum! She called.
1: What's that up ahead? Birds? I trust your eyes better.
0: She floated out ahead of Simpha to the fore. Turim quickly went to her side as everyone approached from behind, except Darf.
1: I believe they're
0: griffins, he said slowly,
1: flying in our direction.
0: Minikin rushed to the edge of the deck. Right behind him came the rangers. Those are stone griffons," he stated.
1: Mounts of the Dark Elves, are those riders? This is probably
0: not good. Straven looked sidelong at Minikin and back at Jaffreen. He frowned. Why? They caught up to us already? The griffins had terrible beaks, and their wild, feathered wings beat swiftly. Their bodies were of great cats, jaguars with long, curved tails. Haunches rippled with fur-covered muscle, but their hawk-like heads held dark eyes, raging with fury.
1: Bowguns!
0: shouted Simpha. Move quick! added Turim, his heart already pounding. He watched as the rangers ran after Minakin, who pointed them in the right direction. They didn't appear certain of what a bowgun was or what to do in order to operate one but they hurried to the stern and aft. Even the ogre stood up. Turim wondered if that would be all he did. Tatara floated beside Jafreen, too small to be of any use yet.
1: No, 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 you have it all wrong.
0: She squealed, helping Jafreen load the weapon.
1: Slide that lever back. There you go. Good. No, not like that.
0: And then followed with several other orders of her own. Turim looked back over Simpha, standing at the helm. The Griffins were approaching fast now, coming from the west, He frowned, wondering how the Dark Elves already knew they were coming, by air no less. Sinpha looked up at the rotors above them, cursing under her breath, then pulled another lever beside the wheel as a small squeal of steam could be heard.
1: "'There are only five!
0: she shouted over her shoulder.
1: "'Stick them and keep them out of my propellers!'
0: "'And what would happen if they were damaged?' growled Darf, still quite stationary, though even he sounded somewhat alarmed. "'This thing falls out of the sky?'
1: You're more observant than you look,
0: returned Simpha, her tongue even sharper now. Then a whistling bolt pierced the air. Term looked back to see Straven had figured out how to work the bogun. The first griffin fell screaming, the bolt piercing its wing. The rider leapt for another griffin as his dropped, but he was just short of his target. He plummeted the distance to the forest floor, leaving several of the griffon's feathers to dance gracefully through the air behind him. Two more bolts ripped through the clouds, veering off course. Turim drew his blade before he could tell who'd shot them. Meineken was at Term's side instantly. He stood still, his hand on his hilt. The remaining griffins screeched like vultures, narrowly missing the rotors as they came in.
1: Incoming!
0: shouted Jaffrey while Tatara reloaded her program.
1: They are upon us!
0: The sound of claws raked the deck as the stone griffins struggled to catch purchase, but in a few seconds they landed on Ryder's arm. Simpha yelled from the front, turning the airship. Everyone remained upright enough, grabbing under whatever they could hold. Only one of the griffins and its rider were pulled free from their careful landing and flailed out behind as the clowdbracer kept moving. Orsaluith came the voice of one dark elf. Termed assumed it was their leader. Armin
1: limful thul os Lak relic os nagoth Kithelek dikul Pakuthul You should not have come back. For now we shall flee your flesh from your bones, Kithkin fool. You two have slain many of our kin, and you'll pay for it with your trifling lives.
0: Somehow they'd already received report from Ease, and now they'd come from Master Shadowstar. Term stood ready. To his right, Mightykin remained still, meeting the Dark Elf's gaze. The lead Dark Elf wore steely black armor and carried a long black blade, yet he was the lesser peril. His stone griffin lunged forward, breaking the air mere feet from Minekin. The ninja rolled and rose to his feet, blade drawn. His hand rested on his hip where he kept a sash of ninja stars. To Term's surprise, Minekin shouted, I have questions I wish to ask you, glowering at his enemy. Term took several steps to his left to try and draw the griffins away from Meineken. What was he doing? Did he really think they'd negotiate? Seeming to understand Minekin's common speech, the Dark Elf leader screamed back, Questions? I simply wish to know what importance Tussakon has for the Dragon Army, spoke Minekin quite serenely. We've already guessed at your cooperation. It's no secret. The Dark Elf spat toward Meineken with a sneer. A sudden kick to his griffin's side spurred him forward. It never hurts to try, said Minekin, reaching to his sash. A flash of metal cut the air, and the stone griffin reared back on its haunches, flailing its front talons wildly, screeching out a roar of pain. Nevertheless, the small stars Mannequin had thrown were not nearly enough to slay the beast. It dove forward again, accelerating the dive with its wings. It came down hard on the deck as Mannequin rolled again. His sword flashed out, cutting into the rear of the creature's foreleg. Turum parried aside the claws and beak of another of the griffins, and the blade of its rider. He did his best to keep the creatures away from Simpha, and suffered several screeching slashes across his arms and chest as a result. His eyes averted for only a half second. Though she was visibly struggling, Jafreen couldn't get the bowgun to swivel at an angle that could fire at the Griffin on deck. Tatara flitted about her head, clearly causing more confusion.
1: Oh, uh, stop that!
0: Shouted Jafreen. Tatara drew her weapons.
1: Forgive me, then, she said. I'm going to help Term and the ninja. Tatara!
0: Yelled Jafreen.
1: Stop making rash assaults without your fairy kin!
0: But Tatara was already buzzing toward the Griffins. Terum heard the zip of an arrow fly past him, striking the dark elf rider on the back of the Griffin closest to him green fletched arrows. He saw Striven, bow in hand near the bowgun. He'd let it to rest in its swiveling mouth. Another arrow whizzed past and when Turim turned his head, the Thalui slumped in his saddle. Now Turim only had the Griffin to contend with. He slashed it again and blade met flesh and feather. The claw tore back, ripping through part of his cloak. He parried claws and suddenly felt another body behind him. He and Manikin stood back to back, breathing. The beasts and their dark elves were visibly winded, and moreover wounded, with several of Striven's arrows protruding from their sides. But the dark elves weren't giving up.
1: Guard the kukua! Away, small insect!
0: One of the Thalui screamed, disturbed by Tatara's presence around him. He swatted and slashed.
1: Oh, you shall remain here as a stain on my paw!
0: Charging back into the fray, Term and Minakin moved together now, striking at the beasts with their blades. Arrows zip past them. Tatar darted in and out. Soon the stone griffin's blood was a crimson ray of spilling forth across the essence deck. And the two slumped to the board. Minikin didn't hesitate and leapt to the creature's back with great speed, shooting the dark elven leader from his mount. He crashed to the deck, lifeless. Taram felt his feet fall away from him. He lurched sideways and crashed into the wooden deck. He heard shouting from Jaffreen and Tantara, then a loud scream. <coughs> his head swam, but he leaned up to see a stone griffin mere feet away from the helm, where Simpha still piloted the Cloud Racer. Minekin still rolled to his feet. Jaffreen was on the ground. Striven was behind her, but trying to get to his feet as well. Simpha leaned, pulling on the wheel to stand. Her eyes were wide. The griffon leapt forward, its gaping beak matching the smirking bloodlust of its rider. The beast's claws and beak tore through the air. But mere inches before it could snatch the ship's chief into its mouth. It was a sickening crunch. The griffon spun sideways, slamming into the railing. The puzzled engineer stood uncertain, still trembling. As the stone griffin rolled over, preparing to rise again, Darf stepped from behind the creature. Its rear legs were badly crushed, but it struggled to its feet before another swing from Darf's steel club knocked its head against the deck. After that, the creature lay still. The rider leapt from his dying mount to strike at Darf but the ogre was prepared for the attack. His club swung. There was a final scream as he smote down the dark elf with shattering ease. Darth turned to Simpha, a dull stare carved into his visage. There, he said grimly. Now if these sops would hurry up with the other flying beasts, we can put this contraption ground. Simpha tilted her head, looking confused. You. But she said no other words. She righted the wheel and the airship slowly straightened its course. Darf's new expression was plain. And it seemed to show one thing: irritation. Term swallowed as he got to his feet. Minekin was already slashing into the struggling stone griffin as it launched itself from the deck to avoid the blade. With a horrible thumping and spray of feathers, its wing caught the edge of one of the rotors. The ship jostled for a moment, and there was a chugging sound from below deck again. The griffin went overboard.
1: Are you kidding me?
0: roared Simfa. Term looked over to Jaffreen, who took aim with a bow gun. Don't let it go! He yelled. There was a moment of hesitation in her eyes, then the bolt flew. The griffon and its rider were struck and fell like a stone. All was still once again. A chorus of deep breaths came, but it only took a few seconds for Term to notice that one of them came from the cloud racer. The now visible hisses of white steam leaked up from just below the propellers. Term called forward to Simfa. Are we okay? Things did not feel okay. For a few long moments she just shook her head.
1: We veered a long ways north,
0: she shouted back eventually.
1: I'm putting her down. Now!
0: Everyone was quiet again. Term gathered himself, sheathing his sword. The airship shook even harder than Term had grown used to as it descended. He steadied himself as he moved around deck, taking count of those who remained unharmed. There were cuts and bruises, but nothing more permanent than that. Master Bloodshedder, he said as he came to the helm of the airship where Darf still stood.
1: You wanted to return aground. You shall be accommodated.
0: Darf said no words and his face remained stone. He simply nodded, returning his great club to the harness on his back.
1: Your actions today have saved our pilot. That's deserving of our gratitude.
0: Darf nodded again and folded his arms. He looked over towards Simpha.
1: Where are we now? My bearings all screwed up!
0: said so She sounded a little angry, but still a bit shaky. Term took a few steps to peer over the edge again, just to confirm. He already knew the answer.
1: I'd meant to point you more north by northwest, so we'd just cut across the southwestern corner of Peabak Din to avoid the Calamon Wall. But we're deep in the Modica's forest now.
0: Simpho shook her head again, puffing out exasperated air. Uh,
1: we're coming down pretty hard. I hope I can find an open enough glade to set her, or that bumpy ride I always joked about.
0: Term looked back at her.
1: This time, I really mean it.